Hello all, welcome to All Access All Sports Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Becky Edwards. Becky played for the Orlando Pride, Houston Dash, Portland Thorns, and the Western New York Flash. Um, She's also played um, for FSU, um, as well as represented America, um, the U-17s, U-20s, U-23s. Um, Becky, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we just we were just talking about kind of the other stuff that we did in quarantine um, that was non soccer related. What were some of the things you got up to? Um, yeah. Well, I think we had a lot of we all had a lot of free time this year, and um, you know, I worked out quite a bit. Um, I was just telling you, I did a lot of paint by numbers. So I think I finished five paint by numbers. Uh, during quarantine and, you know, during my playing days, that was always a hobby of mine, you know, where you have a little bit more free time. And um, so that's uh, a few paint by numbers during my uh, free time during quarantine. Yeah, the one behind you looks like it took a, a little bit of time. Yeah, it definitely did. But. Um, so we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into it. Um, your younger days playing grown up um, in Pennsylvania, we had a discussion yesterday and you mentioned that in your youth days, you started playing with boys. How, how, did, that, how did that come about or why did that happen for you? Um, yeah, so I started playing with boys when I was seven. Um, I actually played with boys until I was 13. I don't actually remember how it started. Um, I think, you know, my parents just kind of put me on a travel team, put me on a boys team, and I don't know how it all began. Um, but some of those boys became, you know, my good friends during middle school and high school and still keep in touch with them today. Um, obviously, playing with boys at a younger age, is, is the game is a little bit faster and stronger. And, um, you know, by the time I was 13, it was probably best for me to switch over to the girls where uh, they were growing a bit too big and strong for me at that point. When you switched over, how how was your level compared to the girls that you were just changed into a team? Were you, were you way up there? Because if you had experience dealing with um, maybe more physicality, a faster game, how, how did that like first year, two years with girls kind of go for you? You know, I don't remember too much. I think when I'm 13 years old and you're kind of in training, you're just there to get better and you don't really focus on the things around you. Um, I would like to think that um, I think growing up and, you know, even in college and as a pro, one of my best qualities was my technical ability. Um, So being able to uh, use my um, technique and uh, my ability with the ball, uh, bringing that from the the boys game into the girls game, I think that helps me obviously play quicker um, and, and, and all that and bring that over to the girls. But of course, yeah, um, the boys were stronger, more physical and faster. And that probably helped my game a little bit when I switched over to playing with girls as well. So then jumping a few years ahead, um, how, did, how did this then work? Um, you, you got into a few U.S. US camps. Um, how were those experiences? Like you, you talk about you're at seven, you're playing with boys and 10 years later, you're you're basically um, playing at a, the highest level possible, representing your country. Um, how 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 did how did how did that happen? Did people like know that you played with boys when you when you were growing up, or that you it was just you got heard about when you started playing with girls, or how did that happen? Um, well, I think the first time that I started getting called in with the youth national teams consistently was with the under seventeen national team. And club, 
club soccer worked a lot different um, when I was younger than it does now. Yeah. Um, and we had ODP team and they still have this, but we, from our ODP team, you had the regional team then these national teams. And that's kind of how um, I guess the exposure came from. Um, and, you know, playing with my club team along with my state team, and then regional team, you kind of get identified that way. Um, but I would say under 17s was the first time I started getting called in um, consistently. And I wouldn't say I was the best player on those teams at all. Um, in fact, most times I was usually coming off the bench or not a starter. Um, but, you know, when I was in that environment, I was more encouraged. Oh, I want to stay here. I want to continue yeah. to develop through the system. Um, and just being able to see all the talented players from around the country, I think, motivated me to continue, you know, living my dream and hoping to be a professional one day. Yeah, and you've mentioned the U17s and um, then the U20s and the U23s. Wh which one was kind of your favorite group um, that you enjoyed, whether it was the girls, whether it was yourself developing um, the experience, where you got to go to? What one did you enjoy? And if you could name a few players from that group. Um, I would definitely say the under-20 national team, which is probably the team that I spent the most time with consistently, probably about two and a half years leading up to the under-20 World Cup in Chile in 2008. Um, some of the players from that team uh, still playing on the national team, I think of Alyssa Nair, Alex Morgan, um, some still playing professionally, Megan Klingenberg, um, Nikki Washington, Nikki Marshall, just to name a few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, on the field and off the field, that was probably the most enjoyable experience with the national team that I had. I think it was a, a great group of players that came together and winning a World Cup um, certainly was the cherry on top of all of that. So I think just growing together at that age with a different group of people and then, you know, winning um, was ultimately uh, made, the, made the experience so much more enjoyable. Yeah, no, I think I think getting to represent your country is pretty cool and to do it um, even at a youth level um, and, and get those experiences and meet those people that are still playing is pretty, pretty cool to say. Um, another thing that I found very interesting about your story, um, the Houston Dash traded Carly Lloyd for yourself. Um, I know maybe look at in the world, there's there's some good players. I think I think Carly Lloyd's done a lot for the U.S. women's um, game and whatnot. But to say that you went the opposite way of where she went is kind of like those people. Um, I think in the MLB, they're they're rookies and they get traded somehow. But it, it's pretty something cool. It's the same thing I had James Musa on before. He actually ended up on the same team the same day as Berbatov at Fulham. I mean, trades and those things. Um, are pretty crazy. What was that experience like knowing that like Carly Lloyd was the person you were going the opposite way? You wish you were going to that team to play with her. I actually heard about the trade. I was in Sweden playing on loan and I wake up to an email saying, oh, you're, you were traded. It's an email. <laughs> yeah. And then a phone call later. But I think with the time change and all that stuff, it's and again, it's kind of the nature of the business, like you said. Um, but I think in the moment and at the time, I didn't think too much of, oh, you're being traded for Carly Lloyd. Again, you're kind of just in, you know, grind mode of wanting to get better and, um, you know, reach the level that she's at. Yeah. Um, looking back now after, you know, kind of hanging up my boots and things like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And to see Carly still, you know, carrying the team to an extent, um, and still, 
pushing along even that you know as she's getting older is is motivating and it's encouraging and she's she's done a, obviously a great job for u.s soccer and um yeah pretty cool i guess that uh, i was involved in that trade yeah no it's obviously probably at the time you weren't thinking like that but when you look back at it it's pretty it's pretty cool right one of one of the greats to play the game um um, within the league itself, we've seen that there's going to be a few more teams being added, um, a team in L.A., a team in Louisville, um, and a few more. How, 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 do you, how do you feel about the league growing um, and everything like that? I think it's fantastic. You know, I, I signed as a free agent with Portland in 2013, and I don't remember how many teams there were at the time in the inaugural season. But, um, you know, seeing the growth of the league from then till now is is awesome, you know, and, and so many teams now being backed by major league soccer teams is even better for the league because, you know, you have better facilities and, you know, men supporting the women and um, organizations working together. And to see some of the stadiums that these teams are moving into is great for the women's game. And I think with Louisville and LA, it will only continue to grow. And it seems like they have great ownership and organizations. So um, I'm excited to continue to watch the growth of the NWSL. And I think it's, you know, an important part for women's soccer in our country. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think it's going to, it's going to really help um, women or, or even younger girls to be able to go to a game, right. And experience it a lot more instead of normally lately it's just watch you watch a world cup every four years or when when the women national team have a have a friendly now we now we can especially younger girls to look at it um like like to get for for the men the boys opportunities i think it's going to be great and it's only going to even make us better right exactly yep um fsu um I, i think it's like your your second home um based on a few chats um, how did you find FSU as a young player um, coming and growing up in Pennsylvania? Yeah, um, like you said, kind of been around the world and back and back in Tallahassee at FSU now. But um, growing up, uh, I always knew I wanted to play in college. And um, again, my dreams were to play pro after that. And um, so at the time when I was being recruited, my, um, one of my youth national, te- one of my youth club coaches, Mick Statham, who's actually now the head coach at Lafayette in Pennsylvania, yeah. he was the assistant coach here at Florida State. And he's um, still to this day a great mentor for me and recruited me. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, I was recruited to um, plenty of schools, you know, and my, I think my parents kind of wanted me to stay close to home and go to Penn State. And then I was really interested in Duke. Um, When I came to Florida State and saw the facilities and met the coaching staff, it felt right. And I know a lot of people say that and it sounds a bit cliche, but it really felt like a place that I could grow in my game of soccer and then academically the school that I wanted to study business. And um, again, I think my parents were a little bit hesitant, you know, maybe you should stay closer to the home, but for me, this is what I wanted to do. And I'm grateful that, you know, they allowed me the freedom to make my decision. And ultimately I think it was the best decision for me and, uh, grateful for my experiences here. And what was your favorite part of being a player at FSU? Good question. Um, I would I say you won some good games and stuff. Yeah. I would say the overall experience, um, you know, the development, uh, that I made here, you know, I think it really made me into the professional that I was in the career that I had, um, and the growth that I had. Um, I mean, we went to 
I went to two, two final fours during my time here, but I would just say the overall experience and in terms of learning to become a pro and the steps that the coaching staffs help you make to grow into, you know, reaching your goals, whatever they are. Yeah. And then, and then you're on the other side of the, the line now as a, as a coach um, with FSU, how, 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 how has that gone for you so far? And what have you found different from your time being there as a player that you notice in the players now, is there differences that you can see? Yeah, well, I'm a graduate assistant, so um, technically by NCAA rules, you can't coach. Um, but being involved in the um, soccer staff from a different side of playing, um, certainly different than playing. You know, the lifestyle is very different, long hours, um, lots of details. Um, but it's been awesome. You know, it's been rewarding. It's been eye-opening it's been uh, you know to, to develop relationships and friendships and um, help the players grow into the best that they can be has been special for me um, and to watch their growth and development and they all many of them have goals of becoming professionals so um, you know seeing kind of where I once was and trying to help them get to where they want to be is um, I think that's the most rewarding part in all of it. So talking about trying to help the girls out um look at young listeners listen to this podcast as well. Um, and hopefully having you on um, young girls will definitely listen to it. Um, the recruiting process to get from club high school to college. Um, what are your tips? What, are, what is your advice? I know now, right now you're helping maybe girls to push on to the pro, but to even get into an environment like FSU. Um, what is your advice to young girls growing up? Um, uh, I would say everyone's journey is different. You know, it's it's not the same for everyone and don't compare yourself to others. At the end of the day, I think working hard and continuing to work on and develop your game is the most important. Um, and at the end of the day, that's all you can really control and then hope that interest comes and, um, you know, again, continuing to develop the to be the best that you can and to enjoy it at the same time. You know, it's, it's what it's all about. It's a, yeah. a sport that we all are passionate about and love and make sure to work hard, but also enjoy it and have a little bit of fun as well. Um, so how we met was um, through our C course um, that we um, close to wrapping up hopefully next week. Um, before we get into that, how, what are your future plans now, right? You're a GA. Um, what, what, where do you see yourself going, um, as a coach or what, what, where, where, what do you want to get into? Um, what are your plans? So I will graduate in December with my master's in sport management. Um, and after that, I hope to get into college coaching. Um, I'm passionate about this level of play, um, coaching, I'm passionate about coaching in general, but I would say I like the college level, you know, I like the age, I like, you know, um, helping players develop on and off the field into the best that they can be. Um, so we'll see what happens after December and what jobs open up and uh, kind of go from there. Where, where, where can you see yourself after your experience at FSU as a player, as a former pro? Is it going straight into a head coaching job? Do you think you're ready? No. Or is no. it a distant role? Yeah, I don't think I'm ready to be a head coach yet. I would, I would hope someday. Um, but I think – uh, ideally being an assistant coach at a, you know, a, um, the program would be the best, uh, fit for me right now. Um, just still developing, uh, more experience and 
understanding more of the college game in terms of recruiting. There's so many details that go into it. So um, definitely hoping to look for uh, assistant coaching positions once I graduate in December. So the C course, it was a long, interesting time, right? Um, I remember going down to the IMG Academy and thinking, this is going to be fun. Can't wait to go back. And we didn't get to go back. Um, what did you think of the course overall or how, do, how, how were your feelings from day one till up until now? Yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to go back. Uh, it's been a long six or seven months. Um, but going to the first meeting, I was, you know, probably just ex as excited as you are, you know, were to meet new people, new coaches, um, new people with new experiences, new ideas about the game. Um, and being there for that first meeting was great. It was a lot of information in a short period of time. Um, and then leaving there, we all had hopes of going back in April and finishing the course and that never happened. But, um, you know, I thought throughout the developmental um, period, I thought the instructors did a great job considering all of the circumstances and, you know, creating new assignments and um, for us to complete each week and working together and virtual calls. I know that was a lot of work for them. And I think they spaced it out so that it was still beneficial for us. and we were able to learn a lot and um yeah i think overall i'm grateful that we were able to finish the uh course despite the pandemic and um hopefully everything works out next week yeah i i wish the best for um yourself and everybody else on the course um what were your takeaways from the course that is going to help you as a young coach former pro that like are some 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 key tips or did you have many takeaways from the course I think there are a lot of takeaways. Yeah. And I'm trying to think um, more specifically about which ones actually stood out to me. Um, you know, I think that the combining so many aspects of coaching into that course, the periodization, the leadership, um, you know, the, the four phases of a U.S. soccer session, I think they're all um, fantastic. And obviously the, in the role of coaching, putting all those things together is you know, you have to do that to be a successful coach. So I think the little details that they kind of went on and having the periodization like lectures and um, discussing leadership and um, how to get the best out of your players and breaking down our training sessions into how to make them successful and grow your team. I think those are probably the biggest takeaways. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that the great thing is I still go back and I, and I judge myself from the first day of the video that they have of us with the mic up and you, you don't realize it until you go back to watch yourself. Um, so many different things you can work on, um, which is, which is quite interesting. Right. And until you actually record yourself or um, video, video it to record it. Um, you don't really notice how many different things you could actually work on. Definitely. And I think the, the reflection and kind of everything that we did in the course was beneficial as well. You know, I still, whenever I coach a training session, go back and think of, you know, the five elements and what I could do better. And you're right that the film definitely, um, you know, tells you what you can do better as well. Yeah. And I, and I also, I think my, honestly, my favorite part was, is they'd give us the weekly assignment and then you'd get paired up with something new and you would learn about other people and different stories um, who did you become close with on this, on the course? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it was really cool to meet, um, so many different people from so many different, you know, paths and, um, 
I became pretty close with uh, Reese, um, who was yeah. at IMG, and uh, Matt Poplowski, who's the assistant men's coach at USF, and uh, yeah. Jake um, Wanshank, I believe is his last name. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was great to meet them and, you know, yourself included, and um, grateful that we, you know, were able to, to work together in our same group quite often. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Jay's group. We had a good, good group of college coaches, um, people that were very um, focused on the goal of trying to achieve um, getting the C course complete. And I think we had a good group of people that whoever we ended up with in groups. It was cool to have a different discussion each week. Um, but yeah, no. So the, my point behind the whole podcast um, is the segment called "The Time Is Now." So what is something that you do to make the place a better place um, in today's world? There's a lot of things going on, um, different things, but what do you do to try and make the place a better world? Um, good question and a very deep question. And I love that that's the, the idea behind your podcast. And, um, you know, the first thing that, that came to mind, and again, it's a bit vague, is just trying to be my best my best self in it every day in whatever role I have. And as a graduate assistant here at Florida State, that's sometimes a lot of roles. And one of my favorite roles is having the opportunity to mentor the student athletes and grab a cup of coffee, sit in with them for 10 minutes and hear how their day was, how their classes went, how their training was. Um, so for me, I think the biggest thing is building those relationships with the student athletes as I've been in their position and helping them continue to develop on and off the field to be the best that they can. Um, so I would say, you know, for me, that's probably um, something that I look forward to every day is continuing to build them and help them grow into, you know, whatever their dreams are. Um, but again, just trying to be my, my best self every day. So when you meet these young young girls for coffee and stuff is it something you'd set up in a schedule and say oh let's go get coffee because you've seen something with them that maybe we need to chat about or is it a route you have a routine to meet with somebody or somebody a day or how does that work for you um well it started off with um just meeting the freshman student athletes and making sure that they were adjusting to college life and um on and off the field academics um school tutoring whatever it may be and um, then it just became, you know, once every two weeks and with different players, it's, hey, let's go grab a coffee. And it's something we'll just, you know, just as you would with a friend, hey, want to go get and catch up and um, kind of like that. So it's not like so structured. It's just yeah. more of a um, building relationship with them in, a, in that yeah, way. Because I've seen some environments where it's, it's a Monday morning, it's a Wednesday morning at 7 a.m., I meet with my players that are maybe freshmen or whoever. And I feel like when you have it set up in a schedule like that, you're not going to get what you really want out of that conversation. Right. Um, it's, it's interesting how different colleges work, how different coaches work in different sports um, for, for these types of meetings, because at the end of the day, you want them to feel as comfortable as possible, um, be able to open up to be able to have those discussions. Um, no, that I mean, that, that it's something so simple that you have to do because of your mental health these days. Um, people struggling that we don't know about, um, different things going on in the world that someone just needs to say something to somebody to relax and move on with their day, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think with anything, you know, it's it takes time to build those relationships. And, um, you know, some of them are, 
like look forward hey let's go grab a coffee every week and you know others are more reserved and that's totally fine and i i don't pressure them in any way it's uh hey you know how's and the same for me i can you know tell them about my experiences playing in college and as a pro and hopefully that will um inspire them in a way but uh, i think it's different with every student athlete and yeah, as with anything in life building those relationships takes time and um trusting each other and being a pro and represented um the country um at a young age is that something that like is very do they come to you about like oh you did this how, how do i get there are they in a rush to get there do you seem like a lot of time or do you think they're asking you oh how can i improve short term or do they look at you and say, oh, I want, I want, to, I want to do what Becky did? What, what, what kind of way do you see your players? Um, I think at Florida State, I think many of them already come into college with the hopes and dreams of playing professionally. Yeah. Um, and they're all, you know, self-motivated. And um, more so it's when they actually find out of uh, – you know, oh, you won a U-20 uh, World Cup? How was that experience? You know, more so asking me about my experiences. And, you know, I think a lot of them have the internal drive to show up to training every day and get better and um, do the right things off the field to, you know, be a pro. So, um, yeah, some of them ask me questions here and there. Um, but, uh, again, mostly I think for many of them growing up in um, environments where they were able to be successful and grow and develop into great college players. They know, kind of know what it takes. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting when you've been around someone that has obviously a little bit more experience or had a past um, in what you're trying to get to, right? It's the same thing when you're growing up, if you want to be a cop or you want to be um, a doctor or something, you're going to have interest from that way to go. And it's great that they have an outlet like you to come and speak to, whenever they wish. Thanks. Yeah. And I think our coaching staff does a great job of, uh, you know, providing all the resources necessary for the players to develop into pros, if that's their goal. And, um, you know, I think our head coach here, Mark Krikorian has been here for quite a while since I played here. And, you know, to me, he's, he's a great mentor and he's one of the best coaches in my, in my opinion, in the game. And, um, you know, he's laid a great framework here for, the student athletes to be successful, um, become pros, um, and create a um, good culture here where the players are able to thrive and uh, become pros. Yeah, no, look at Becky. I appreciate your time today um, coming on for the chat. I really enjoyed it. Um, but to finish it off, um, what what's the next paint by numbers um, design on the background that we're going to be doing? That's a good question. You know, uh, quarantine is, well, I don't know if it's over here, but uh, we're in preseason right now, so I don't have as much free time, don't have as much time to paint. Um, but I'm currently working on, a, which has been a very slow process because, again, we are in preseason, but I'm currently working on like a, it's kind of a European town paint by numbers. So okay. it takes a little bit more, longer than uh, my quarantine days. Yeah, no, I think I think you'll eventually get to it. Hopefully it's not uh, another pandemic or another whatever situation we're all in but hopefully you get to finish it um and you'll 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 have fun doing it right you don't want to force it force the numbers and paint the wrong color and whatever do you paint or do you do you actually color 
I paint. Yeah, it's like a so that's even that's even that's even harder. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty therapeutic. It's it's enjoyable. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, look at Becky. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Um, and to all the listeners, thank you for coming on today and listening to this chat with Becky. Um, I really appreciate her time. Um, um, Becky, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Star. Thanks for having me on and uh, stay safe.